Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm ready! Alrighty then. What is up, my millennial fam? Giacomo Thale here with another installment of Believe in Millennial Nostalgia. Now, one thing that we all couldn't avoid when we were watching TV as a kid were the commercials. And that's something that we really take for granted nowadays with Netflix and Hulu. We have options out there that we can get our TV programming without the annoying stuff in the middle. At least personally, I actually looked forward to some of these commercials. Some of them had really cool jingles. Other ones had bright and colorful animation. Some of them were just advertising some really cool ass stuff. So I thought, hey, why not take a trip back and not fast forward through those commercials? Because we couldn't do it back then unless we were, you know, taping a TV show on VHS. We didn't even have DVR back then. So running into commercials was inevitable. So I figure, hey, why not revisit the ones that I like the most? And hey, maybe there's some that you remember too. Maybe you like these commercials. Now I'm just gonna preface the episode by saying that these commercials can range from something that aired on like Children's Network when we were a kid, like maybe it's something that aired during an episode of Little Bear on Nick Jr. Or it could be something from like our teenage years. These could be commercials that aired on MTV during an episode of Jersey Shore, which was a little bit later, But hey, if you're listening to this right now, odds are you were a teenager when that stuff was going down. So there's going to be a wide variety of commercials. And if you like this episode, be sure to go on Instagram and follow at Millennial Nostalgia Podcast and shoot me a DM. Let me know what commercials you remember. Maybe I'll do another episode like this in the future if you guys like it. I, I should probably mention that none of the products that I'm talking about in these commercials are sponsoring the show. This is me purely just bringing up commercials from the past. Hell, I don't even think most of these items even exist anymore. So I'm just putting that out there before we get started. But yeah, here we go. Nostalgic commercials. Okay, so the first one up is for Zoo Books. Now, personally, I never actually subscribed to Zoo Books, but the commercials made it look so badass. Now your child can visit steamy jungles, grassy plains, and the dark depths of the oceans to meet and learn surprising facts about the magnificent animals that live there, all through the captivating, colorful pages of Zoo Books. Now, according to the commercial, it's taking something that's like educational and making it really fun and easy to read. Now, if you were a kid during this time and you were super into animals and nature, then this was the joint for you. I'm sure you would have loved zoo books. Personally, eh, I wasn't too much into it. The pictures were cool, but eh, the font was a little too small. I know that's petty, but hey, I was like four. Now, the thing that I remember most about this particular commercial were two things. One, the little kid in the commercial got a monkey. There's just a monkey chilling in his house. Why the hell are you going to be reading magazines? Think of the plethora of activities you can do with a capuchin monkey. There's a part in the commercial where the monkey like creeps over the kid's shoulder. It's kind of like looking at the zoo books with him. And the kid like looks at him with like kind of a smile. But you could tell that he's sort of annoyed that the monkey's in his personal space. He's like, yo, get the F out. I'm trying to read about this monkey. Meanwhile, there's a monkey in his room. I'm sorry if it seems like I'm getting a little heated over this topic. I'm just saying the dude is taken for granted that he he has a monkey as a pet. He'd rather be reading a magazine than playing with his pet monkey. Anyway, 
But the other thing that honestly almost drew me to want to get zoo books, and I'm pretty sure probably a lot of you did too, was the infamous tiger poster. We'll include the elephants issue as a gift. Plus, you'll also get the colorful collection of animal stickers and the tiger poster. So when you would get a 12-month subscription of Zoo Books for the low, low price of $19.99, you would also be entitled to get a poster of a majestic tiger. And this tiger poster was always advertised at the end of the commercial. No matter how many years went by, this same commercial would air for the better part of an entire decade. Now, with other brands and products, there's evolution, there's change. A lot of companies will just, you know, switch up their campaign, you know, about a year or two into what they're doing. No, but Zoo Books, they must have had like a pretty damn good collection of subscriptions coming in because I don't think I ever seen them change the commercial once in the entire time that I was watching Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and this commercial would come out on the air. And personally, I haven't done any research into this. This is just my own personal opinion and speculation. I think it all had to do with the Tiger poster. I'm on eBay right now because I was trying to see if I could find a mint condition tiger poster from the Zoo Books magazines. And what I'm finding is a lot of issues of the magazine itself are on sale on eBay. But the one thing I'm not seeing here is the tiger poster, which leads me to believe that so many people love this poster so much that they just decided to keep it themselves. No one in their right mind is going to sell the tiger poster from Zoo Books. That's like selling Raymond on Animal Crossing. You really, really have to like want the money bad if you're gonna sell that dude. Now, personally, there were other magazines that I was more interested in. There were Disney Adventures magazine, which was this like small little magazine you get at the supermarket that told you all the coolest movie news about Disney and Disney Channel and had comics in it as well. But the one that had the coolest commercial besides Zoo Books was Nickelodeon magazine. On a mission to get Nickelodeon magazine. It's packed with celebrity interviews and comics and puzzles and great stuff to collect. Whereas like Zoo Books had a lot of educational content in it that I probably could have benefited from, Nickelodeon magazine just was more fun. I think I probably like asked my mom to like call the number and specifically say Nickelodeon magazine, please. When they called up to subscribe for this, or else the person on the other end wasn't gonna send me my magazines. But only a real live grown-up can call to order it for you. Of course, you can think of a nice, polite way to ask. Nickelodeon magazine, please. Nickelodeon magazine, please. Now, if that ain't the power of marketing to a young, fragile, pre-adolescent mind, then I don't know what is. One of the main things that drew me to Nickelodeon magazine was the promise in the commercial that it would give you the recipe to make a slime cake. You never know who will pop in, what will pop out, and it's so good, you'll eat it all up. Now, at first glance, it looks kind of nasty, but as a kid, like, Nickelodeon slime looked so edible to me. And I, I don't know, I like, I always wanted to try it. I remember there were these popsicles that even came out. They were orange, but when you would bite in, this like sweet slime would come out and it was like Nickelodeon brand. 
I loved that. So I figured, hey, the cake would probably be something similar. The thing that we don't think about as kids, though, is like, yeah, they may have advertised it like that. There may have been one issue of Nickelodeon magazine that actually had that recipe in it. Not every issue of the magazine is going to have the same recipe for the same damn cake. And that's something I didn't realize because when I finally got the magazine, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. It had comics in it with characters from Rugrats and Hey Arnold. It had interviews with some of my favorite celebrities and pop stars at the time. But the one thing it didn't have, the recipe for the slime cake. And that in itself is a tad bit depressing. But as an adult, I vow one day I will find that recipe for the slime cake. And damn it, I'm going to make it. Now, I'm going to step away from the world of print media because, you know, that's on its way out. Let's get straight to the tech. Now, us millennials, when we were teens, cell phones were going through that transitional phase from the big blocky Nokia phones that sounded like this to the flip phone and the razor and all these other variants of that sort of style phone that, that had the ringtones like this. But if you didn't want a quote-unquote basic-ass ringtone, then there were other options out there. The, the caveat there was that you had to pay a premium for them, at least for a time. There were some ways around it. Sometimes if you were really tech-savvy, you could learn how to make your own ringtones out of MP3s or download them off the internet for free, transfer them to your phone, yada, yada, yada. But if you were going to do it the prim and proper way, you would actually pay for them. And the best way to advertise to teenagers is to, you know, put it right in their face where they're watching. And where were most of our eyes during our teenage years? They were firmly planted on MTV. Looking back, and I'm probably going to do a, a future episode on the same topic. We watched a lot of reality TV on MTV, and a lot of them were pretty trashy and garbage. A lot of really shallow ones like Next and Parental Control and room raiders but during the commercial breaks they would always be trying to get you to buy ringtones and the company that was the most notorious for this was jamster jamster was this company that would put out these commercials for ringtones and they would tell you to text something to a number and once you texted that supposedly you would get the ringtone in return what they don't really tell you, and it's in the very, very, very fine print, is that by texting that number, you are agreeing to subscribe to this service that ended up being like $10 a month just to have this one ringtone that you wanted. Yeah, sure, you could probably download others with this service. It really wasn't that much more. They would be advertising, you know, ringtones from top artists on the charts like Lil Wayne, but the funniest thing about Jamster were the other types of ringtones that they would be advertising. Do you do you all remember Crazy Frog? Ding, ding, ding. Crazy Frog was this CGI little frog with his wiener out that was like riding an invisible motorcycle singing the song Axel F from Beverly Hills Cop. Most random ass thing I've ever heard of, but it blew up the charts. Not just in the ringtones, but on the music charts as well. 
And this crazy frog cartoon was tied in with Jamster. Jamster was advertising it as a ringtone that you could download part of this like premium subscription service. And I believe it was like around this time that Jamster really blew up because it was after Crazy Frog. There was, there was no stopping them. There was so many of these. Do um, you remember Snuffle Bunny? It was this like cute little bunny with like caressing a carrot. Cutest damn thing I ever seen. Even as a teenager, I was like, damn, that's a pretty cute bunny. But then you also had like the other end of the spectrum. Y'all remember this one? It's against the window pane, a tear for every drop of rain. I am so Wow, this song is so beautiful. Get Anna Blue Smash so alone on your phone. And it was this animation of this really sad emo girl with like the blue hair and your, t you know, MySpace days. Think of your high school MySpace picture. It probably looked similar to what this girl looks like. And yeah, that, that was an option too. You had like both ends of the spectrum, either cute and cuddly or dark and depressing. And, and then also you had this. Six months ago, Selena tested her relationship with Justin using the love calculator. She sent Flirt 13, her name Selena, and her partner's name Justin. It didn't look good, but she didn't listen. Text now and get your result and this sweet wallpaper. <laughs> okay, that one's not even a ringtone, but Jamster would also include in its subscriptions, apparently, love advice. Who knew? It's amazing, like, the divorce rate in correlation to the lack of Jamster subscriptions how they tie up i'm joking of course but it's just like weird that they had all these other things and obviously teens were feeding into it because i remember seeing the first jamster commercial around eh, 2005 ish but i also remember watching him like during jersey shore and that show came out in 2010 so for the better part of a decade jamster was thriving and yeah, it had its competition. Verizon Wireless had its own website where you could go and download ringtones individually. You didn't need a subscription. Personally, that's how I got most of my ringtones. And the cool thing about Verizon is they didn't just have ringtones, they also had ring back tones. You remember the commercial for that one? Now when people call you, Hello? What was that? Instead of a ring, oh, that was hot. they'll hear a song. Ring back tones from Verizon Wireless let you customize for specific callers. Pick anything from Sean Paul to Disturbed. I remember that being the coolest thing ever. It was like having my own personal waiting music. And when I first got a ringback tone, I remember telling all my friends to call me and, and, and then just hang up just so that they can hear careless whisper on a loop. All right, now I'm gonna go back a decade or so. I'm, I hope you're keeping up. I'm, I'm kind of all over the place with this week's episode because I just love these commercials. I don't know where to start and where to end. I just wanna talk about them as they come to me. Case in point, now I'm talking about candy. Y'all know Fruit Gushers, and there was a time where they were just known as Gushers, and this commercial was from 1995, and it showed these kids, like, eating the candy, and then I'm pretty sure you know where this is going. Introducing new Fruitomic Punch Gushers. So fruity, they'll really turn your head. Whoa, I'll say. 
So their heads would turn into these giant fruits. And this was like early commercial CGI. This was the stuff of nightmares, people. I remember as a kid, like seeing this and it scared the living crap out of me. I was like, I don't want to eat that candy. I don't want my head to turn into a fruit. But I, I get it, that was the appeal for some kids. And I, I, I get that there was a sense of disappointment. You went to the store and you got this candy and you ate it and your head didn't turn into a fruit as advertised. I could see how kids could be pissed at that too. But the candy itself was all right, you know, it, it's still around to this day. But I always remember this commercial. And you know, over the time, the animation on the heads got a little bit better, um, but I just remember this one being like a staple of early Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. This ad would show up a lot. There, were, there was one called the Galactic Gushers. Greetings, Earthlings. Galactic Gushers has landed. Special cosmic pieces have invaded every pouch of Gushers. A taste so out of this world. Instead of turning into fruits, their heads would turn into stuff like planets and spaceships and aliens. And... I was watching this commercial again because I totally forgot about it until it popped up uh, right after the other one I just played for you guys. This one, like, I saw a familiar face. And I was watching, I was like, is that who I think it is? And I did a little bit of homework, and indeed it was. This is like one of the early television appearances of Nickelodeon's Drake Bell from The Amanda Show and Drake and Josh, of course. Yeah, go back and watch this commercial. He's the kid at the end. He, he's the one whose head turns into a spaceship. Even though this commercial, while not as terrifying as the first one, still gets into that weird, uncanny valley, kind of icky feeling zone. And I, I, for one, am grateful that they don't turn my head into a piece of produce. All right, this next commercial, you will recognize if you stayed up hella late, all right? Like, you had to be up probably past 10 p.m. And, you know, not even just 10 p.m. Sometimes this probably would air later, like into the wee hours of the morning, like around like 2 a.m. or so. Imagine owning the world's greatest love songs. once-in-a-lifetime collection. Time Life Music presents The Ultimate Love Songs Collection. The Ultimate Love Songs Collection. This is the commercial that really introduced me to the love ballad. And I, I love pretty much all the songs that are advertised here. Don't you guys remember Time Life Music? They would always be advertising these compilations of great songs, and but they would be charging quite a bit. Like, I don't really remember the price of CDs at the time because like, I'm so used to having Spotify and Pandora just easily at my fingertips. In fact, when I thought about this commercial, I went on Spotify to see if somebody took the painstaking steps to go and find each one of these songs one by one and compile them into a playlist because I knew they weren't going to just have the album on Spotify. No, that would have been way too easy. But honestly, I found it. So thank you to whoever has been making these playlists uh, based on this commercial because I love all these songs. It's great to have them all in one spot. But again, before the days of music streaming, this was our only option, all right? This is what we had. If you weren't doing some shady stuff like Napster and LimeWire, 
the only way to get all your love songs in one convenient collection was to call Timelapse 1-800 number. And again, if you were up this late, after the Ultimate Love Songs collection commercial was done, th this was probably the thing that you heard right afterwards. I don't know how many times George Lopez's face has greeted me at like two in the morning. And I'm sure a lot of you can attest to that as well. But I digress. The Ultimate Love Songs collection, full of jams, love them. And if you're lucky enough to have this collection on an actual compact disc, consider yourself lucky. You hold in your hands a piece of nostalgic treasure. So that was just a small little taste of all the commercials that we grew up with watching TV growing up in the 90s and early 2000s. If you guys want to hear me review even more commercials in a future episode, visit me on Instagram. That's at Millennial Nostalgia Podcast. Leave a comment or a DM and let me know what commercials you'd like me to review in a future episode. And while you're on Instagram, go follow my friends over at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. Hashtag Do You Believe? Speaking of believe, if you're liking this show and you're thinking, hey, I got this product that I want Giacomo to help me, you know, put out there, contact the Believe advertising team. Go to Believe.com, click on advertise, and strike up a conversation with them there. Believe in Millennial Nostalgia Podcast is here for you every throwback Thursday. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Believe.com. And if you're listening to this on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you know, why not leave me a review? Feel free to leave any suggestions in a review of other nostalgic topics you'd like to hear me talk about in the upcoming weeks. I'll give you a shout out if I decide to pick your topic. Again, I hope you like this episode of Millennial Nostalgia. I'll be here next Throwback Thursday. My name is Giacomo Thalei. Thanks for joining us. Have a great and safe week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.